0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet.
1: Hey, this is Jim. How can I help you?
0: Yeah,
2: um, we uh, bought a shed and my daughter's living in it. And uh, it's one of those you you buy and it's about uh, 16 feet long, about 40 feet. And uh, converted it over to uh, living quarters. Okay, but uh, I think it's developed some type of uh, a mold, and uh, it's affecting her health. But um, we didn't insulate the bottom of it, and uh, and this last year she put a insulation that had that uh, yellow fiberglass, and was bought in a sheet and uh it had the aluminum foil on it and uh she had one guy put that up underneath and uh i don't know if that was the correct thing to do but uh it has a window air conditioner okay and uh another air conditioner in the back that has a um that's in the house you know and uh, a, port- a portable a so, portable unit yeah
1: Okay. And, what's, and so, what's the insulation in the walls and ceiling?
2: I uh, it was a foam, actual uh, hardened foam that they got off of uh, like a refinery or something like that.
1: Okay. Okay, so it wasn't sprayed in; it was she- uh, sheet foam that was put in. Correct. Okay. Well, are you seeing the mold anywhere?
2: No, not seeing the mold at all.
1: Okay. Um,
2: But uh, she can kind of, you know, feel it, and especially bad during the summer when the air conditioner is going. And uh, she runs them all the time during the summer. And uh, it's very uncomfortable for her breathing.
1: Yeah. Well, this uh, sheet foam that you got, you said it it came out of one of the plants. What was it used for?
2: I can't tell you.
1: Okay. And the reason I'm asking that question, a lot of times people think, well, insulation is insulation, and it's not. It's very possible that that sheet insulation is off-gassing. This may not be a mold issue at all. Uh, If you're not seeing mildew or mold anywhere... um, And the fact that it happens more when the air conditioners are running more. uh, Now, granted, you could have it in the air conditioner itself, but that's a simple cleaning, especially for a window unit. You can take it out and hose off everything and and the coils and all that in it. But just the description of what you went through sounds more like off-gassing than it does a mold issue. And what can be happening is that those panels of insulation that are in the walls in the winter, uh-huh. in the summer months, when they get hot, that would be when they'd be off-gassing more so the, than when it's cooler outside.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Okay.
1: Now, would the other
2: thing is, to, uh, I wouldn't... Like, she doesn't have any type of ventilation in there, and, and she keeps the windows closed during the summer also. Sure. You know, to keep the cool in, but uh getting regular ventilation in there uh from the outside
1: well believe it or not uh, the, that, that window unit that window unit is bringing air in from outside uh a oh, lot of really? people think they're sealed but those really aren't sealed com- completely and it 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 will be bringing some air in from outside so I here's here's the first thing I would actually do go down to yeah. the box store Uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, any of them, they will have a mold-mildew-type kit. Get that. Let's do a test on the air in there first, then decide. But I think you're dealing with an off-gas, and if that's the situation, you're going to end up taking those walls off and getting that insulation out. With that, i got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Texas Home Improvement. David, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey Jim, I'm calling in about the blue paint on the porch ceilings, and yeah. I'm going to tell you it absolutely
3: works. I moved here uh, 30 years ago, and all of we have big porch by the water, and we were just everything was white, and we were just inundated with yellow jackets and mud daubers constantly. Then I went to the historic homes store in Galveston and was walking up the porch of one of those old houses, and it was sky blue paint. And I said, what do they do that for? And this little old lady, she must have been 85, turned around in her big Sunday flowery hat and said, that keeps the wasps out. And I went home, and I painted, and I haven't seen one now in 28 years. Wow. It, it absolutely works. And uh, I've told other friends here who live in the same area, and it, it's just perfect. Just make it look like a blue sky, and they don't come.
1: Well, that will solve a problem pretty easily then, won't it? It really does, and it looks nice when you are there, It's pleasant, so that's all. Thanks. All right. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Take care. Okay. Let's go to McKinney and Robert. How are you today? Fine. Yourself? I'm doing well. Fantastic. I
3: have a theoretical question to ask of you it's not about the construction of my house okay i have dealt with the builder for a long long time i'm at the point that i think i need to hire a lawyer so my theoretical question is my house is in mckinney texas the corporate office is in houston texas If I were to hire a lawyer, should I hire one in Houston, Texas, where the corporate office is, or in McKinney, Texas, where the house was built?
1: It will depend on where you're going to file the suit. And what you'll want to do is pull your contract. Uh, Did you buy it from the builder?
3: Yes, and there is an arbitration clause in it, yes.
1: Okay. Well, I, I don't worry about the arbitration clause as much as... Uh, it should say what county you would have to file in.
3: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. I haven't. And and so if it says. I'll I'll go do more homework. Yeah, take a look at that. Uh, If it doesn't specify a county, then you can file at either one. And since you live in McKinney, you would be better off to file (laughs) at your home rather than at their home and have to travel.
3: Okay, that's what I was hunting for.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry,
3: I, I postponed this, having to get to this point, but um, my frustration level has just built up. But uh, I don't want to get into the details. I just want to get the issue solved, period. Sure.
1: Okay. Okay,
3: thank you very much. You have a you great day. You bet.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, a lot of times uh, builders and Large construction projects will actually specify, if there's a disagreement, where you would have to file in order to uh, take somebody to court. And usually they're doing that because they want you to file in their home turf rather than yours. But then you're uh, spending the money to travel instead of them. Rob, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Well, good afternoon to you. Uh,
0: Got a little problem out in my garage. It, uh, I've had a vehicle in there that has leaked. It looks like transmission fluid. Okay. And it's come It's come time to clean it up. And I'm not real sure what I've got to use to pull that stuff up. It looks like it's almost soaked into the concrete.
1: It does. Yeah, when, it's, when it sits there, it does soak down into the concrete. So you can get it cleaned up pretty good, but the stain itself is still going to show.
0: Okay. Is there a paint that will cover that? And stick?
1: thick? Uh, typically, they're going to ask you to clean it up completely, and in some cases, acid etch the concrete, and then you can okay. put epoxy over it. Okay.
0: The, the epoxy then ought to, ought to shine like a diamond on a mule's back, right?
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs>
0: All right, Jeff. Thanks so very much. I appreciate you taking the time to take my call.
1: You bet. You take care. Bye now. Bye. Like that analogy there. But yes, the epoxies are going to be glossy. This comes from Terry in Richmond. I'm going to replace my yard fence around the house. Can you supply some pointers to watch out for while completing the job? I'm going to use screws pressure treated pickets, etc. And I'm looking in the direction as leveling, placing string lines, etc. I want to make sure it is level. What tools should I have on hand? Thank you for your help. Well, uh, let's just go through real quick putting up a fence. Uh, You know, you mentioned treated pickets versus cedar pickets. I typically use cedar pickets, and I'll tell you why. Uh... See, uh, treated pickets as a dry will tend to warp. The cedar pickets don't do that. Uh, and the cedar pickets I can stain and stuff and they they look great. Not that you can't do that with treated, I just like the way the cedar looks. And as far as the lifespan of them, they both hold up about the same. Yes, the cedar's going to cost a little bit more, but it does stay straighter and stays looking better longer. Now, as far as the other stuff, the things to watch for. Make sure your posts are deep enough in the ground. Uh, a lot of times, uh, people will try to shortcut and go you know, 12 to 18 inches with a post. That's, that fence is not going to hold up. Uh, if you're putting up a 6-foot fence, you want to have your post in the ground at least 2 feet. And usually I go a little bit deeper than that. The deeper, the more stable it's going to be. Secondary thing, in order to level the post, and I, we're going to go through this as though you're putting it up yourself. Uh, if you're going to level the post when you're putting them in, I want you to take two strings, tied together, put a washer on the end of all four pieces now that are sticking out. You drape that over your post, and it doesn't matter if it's a square post or a round post, you let the washers hang down on the sides. When all four washers are touching the side of your post, you're level. If you tip a little bit, the wash, the direction that you're leaning, the washer's not up against the post. It makes a great way to level the post. When you're installing the post, you don't need to use wet concrete. Just use dry sackcrete. Dump about six inches in the hole. Put your post... Dump another six inches in and start packing it with the backside of a shovel handle and just keep adding six inches packing, six inches packing. When you get all the way up to the surface, dome it so when water gets onto it, it runs off. The soil moisture will soak into that concrete mix set up and your concrete will be hard. But the minute you finish setting that post and packing that uh, concrete around it, you're ready to start fencing. You don't have to wait overnight for the wet concrete that you use to set your post to dry. Uh, steel versus wood post. Wood posts will tend to rot over time. Steel posts can tend to rot, rust off. They're, and even though they're galvanized posts, they will rust off at the surface where the concrete and the post meet the air. It just creates a weak spot and it will rust through. Don't think it's going to last forever. It won't. But you typically will get a little bit longer out of the round post, the, the galvanized post, than you do the 4x4 four four treated post. Your your uh, wood rails, 2x4s, and I would recommend three. One tor- uh, towards the top, usually about 6 to 10 inches below the top. One near the bottom, again, 6 inches or so above bottom of the picket and then one running through the middle your top one i typically have on its side your bottom ones uh your bottom two stand up on edge that gives it more strength but on the top it uh, gives you a little ledge up there Uh, but it doesn't have to be on its side you can you can lay all of them to where they're standing up the uh the same and uh, use screws like you already mentioned because nails will tend to back out over time screws will tend to hold longer but use an outdoor screw the mistake a lot of people make is they get sheetrock screws and they will rust you want to get an outdoor screw when you do it uh and then once it's done and dried put some ready seal on it because one it's going to make it look great but two it helps it last much much longer To make it level, you don't need fancy levels and all that stuff. Find out what height you want it at the two ends and just pull a string tight across and put your pickets in to the string height. That'll make it nice and level. Beyond that, use a four-foot level to get the first one plumb, and you just keep stacking one against the other as you're going around the yard and That'll be fine periodically. Check it with the four-foot level. If you've got to make a minor adjustment, you can. But uh, nothing real complicated. I personally like to put a kickboard on the bottom, better known on a fence as a rot board. And for that, you can use either a 1x6 treated or a 2x6 treated. And that board goes all the way around, and you can just then set the pickets on top of it And typically it's the bottom that starts rotting out first. Well, that's going to be that rot board that you can take off and replace if you'd like. So it makes your fence a little bit higher. And some deed restrictions don't let you do that. But if it'll let you do it, it'll make a fence that'll last much longer for you. This came from uh, Tom in Willow Park. Live in Willow Park. And water is from a well. The sprinkler system has stained the vinyl fence with iron-colored stains, and I would like to know if you are aware of how to remove the buildup that takes place over time. The white fence has all has uh, areas of copper stains. Help, thank you, Tom, Willow Park, Texas. Well, there's several things that you can try. Uh, One of the things I would recommend would be, uh, because it's typically going to be a mineral-type deposit on there, you can try, like, CLR, some of those type of products that will eat away at that kind of stuff. Uh, Spray and forget, wet and forget. They may help, but that's going to be more if it's... uh, Algae growing on there, that type of stuff. When it's the mineral deposit stains, you got to get something that's a little bit harsher. The issue you're going to run into, though, is those mineral stains, they soak deep down into the materials and it may not come off. It's not just a buildup on the surface, it's truly a stain that soaks into the material. So, um, like I said, I, I would try the CLR and see if that takes it off. Uh, the other one that you can try, uh, navel jelly. Used to be real popular, not used as much anymore, but it does a great job of cutting stuff like that. Now, I know it'd be a a heck of a job to have to do the whole fence that way, but if it takes it off, it takes it off. So that, that's the two products that I would take a look at trying on it, uh, and I don't think either one of them would harm the vinyl fencing so that's the reason i would try those two first reggie welcome how can i help you
3: i got a uh, the rear door to my house uh, uh the door frame has rotted out at the bottom and i was looking at uh, either some, figuring out some way to replace it there yeah, the threshold is, has come out and then because it tied into the, to the the door frame at the bottom right so that's so all rotted out probably about uh two inches up and it's I'm sure it's from the rain splashing on the steps back there. And should mm-hmm. I replace the whole frame, or can I just cut in and take out those two bottom, cut out the, the two legs off of it, and try to replace that? Or, what? You, and If I do replace the frame, should I replace the door, too? The door seems to be in good shape.
1: If the door's in good shape, there's no reason to replace it. And, and quite honestly, you can cut the bottom off and just replace the boards going down and then put a new threshold in. The you know when when you buy a pre-hung door, the threshold is part of the door frame and everything, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. So you can run the boards all the way down and then add the threshold back in and shim underneath it to get it up to the height that it needs to be. now the the whole trick is to get a nice clean cut so that when you're putting the new wood across on the bottom, it matches in as best you can. And then just use a uh, wood putty or a wood filler to uh, tie the joints together. Sand it, paint it, and you're good to go again.
2: Okay, if I had somebody do that for me, about how much would that cost?
1: Uh, if you're gonna have somebody do it for you, you're better off to replace the door because the labor that'll go into it, they'll charge you more than the, than the door would cost.
3: All right. If you can replace the door, what would labor on that
1: be? Uh, install probably 200 bucks. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Uh, This came from Joan in Burleson. Slow, and it says pouring bathroom water faucet, uh, increase in water bill. So, who would you recommend to see if I have a water leak? I'm going to have my sprinkler system checked also. Who do you recommend for plumbing leak, or sprinkler system leak. Someone trustworthy. Well, obviously, I'm going to tell you, give my company a call, Due West Plumbing. You can reach us at 972-406-0912. But for everybody listening, including you, Joan, I'm going to tell you how you can check your own system for a leak. It's, it's actually very simple. Shut all the water off to everything in the house. Uh, You know, I know a lot of times people will say, oh, well, the toilet's not running anyways. Shut the valve off under the toilet. Shut the valves off under all the uh, sinks and everything. Then make sure that the refrigerator isn't using any water at the time for making ice or anything like that. That should have shut off when you shut the water off under the sink, but just in case. Okay, now go out to where the meter is. Open it up. And look at the meter, and there's usually two dials. One's a bigger dial, which looks kind of like a clock, but different type of numbers. But on that face, there's usually a little triangle. And that little triangle, even if there is a pinhole leak, will sit there and spin. If that little triangle is moving while you got everything else shut off, you got a leak. Now it's time we got to pinpoint where the leak is. So it really is that simple to check if you have a leak. Uh, if you want to see if it's in the yard line or in the house somewhere, if you see it spinning, just shut the, the valve off that goes into the house. And not every house has that. But if you do, shut that valve off. And if it's still spinning, it tells you that the leak is in the yard line. If it stopped spinning when you did that, It tells you the yard line isn't leaking at this time, but something in the house is. And it's not unusual for these old copper pipes to start leaking, especially if they're touching any other type of metal. So hopefully that helps you out. Chuck, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great. How about yourself?
1: Man, I'm doing wonderful. Couldn't ask for better weather, can you?
0: Boy, don't you know it.
1: Well, how can I. I have.
0: I'm in the process of building a new home. It's almost finished. We're supposed to be moving in at
1: the end of the week.
0: Uh, Early on in the construction, I asked the uh, plumber that the builder used uh, about doing a recirculating pump uh, so that I could have hot water at my shower, which is on the other end of the house, uh, as soon as I wanted to take a shower. Well, they wanted $1,800 to do that, and I thought, you got to be joking. It can't be that expensive. So I guess my question to you is, how much should it cost, and can I do uh, like an aftermarket uh, feel? I've, I've heard of kits you buy and you put it on your hot water heater and yeah, it recirculates.
1: You can. Uh, like Grunfalse makes one, uh, very common. Uh, truthfully, you're probably going to spend around that $1,800 to do it. Really? Yep.
0: Well, how much is the pump?
1: Well, uh, honestly, I, it's been so many years since I've actually looked at putting one in, but I want to say the pump itself, the the system was something in the 500 range.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, well, that's going to be the most expensive thing. I mean, other than that, you just need to run a little electrical circuit over there to it and put a switch in.
1: Right, but obviously all that requires an electrician and plumbers, and, and so all of that adds up pretty quick. What you might well, want I can, to consider uh, okay. is rather than put it in a recirculating system, if it's truly just for that shower or for that bathroom... Put in either a small tankless, and then once the hot water from the regular water heater gets there, that tankless would shut off and you'd be working off the uh, regular, you know, the house's main water heater. Or well, you, you can put in a small tank even. Well, now, see, I asked the plumber
0: about putting a tankless in a in, in line up above, you know, where the, yeah. where the hot water's coming to the shower and doing the tankless thing and, you know, have power run to it. And, and I asked him, you know, well, when it, you know, and he looked at me like a cow looking at a new gate. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I This plumber that they used, he just didn't impress me very much. Yeah, he's probably somebody water. who
1: all he does is new home construction and he don't know anything else to do
0: tankless water heaters I've looked at those online and you can get one of those for like oh I don't know $230, $250 or so.
1: Uh, for just a single application that way yes you can get it they're, they're actually reasonable priced it can be hooked up to $110 uh, and like I said it, it's only going to run right up until the hot water gets there from the tank and then it'll shut off.
0: Well, that's something I could do myself. I can get up in the attic and cut into that hot water line, and it just all you do is doing it. It's just in line, right? Yep. And it's a yep. it's, uh, PEX. It's those uh, PEX fittings.
1: Oh man, you got it made fit. then.
0: Yeah, it's it's all new. It, these new houses. They run all this uh, plastic line, and yep. And it's all PEX. You know, I mean, they snap on, snap off.
1: Yep. So, yeah, and and you can do it either with a, a tankless or, like I said, they make a a little ten gallon tank that you could put up. So you can go either way, you know, whichever suits your fancy, and and that's all you need to do.
0: Okay, well, thank you for the effort. And that would be the best way to go, then the tankless. Yeah, I would
1: personally. Yeah, I'd be going tankless.
0: Yeah, and and it does. So it it gives you like a hundred and forty degree water, and then when the hot water gets to the tankless. It Correct. That's great. So you're saving electricity and water. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate the help.
1: Chuck, good luck with that. You, you take care. Thank you, sir. Bye. And, you know, and this is for anybody building a new home. If you're building new, I personally would go with a tankless water heater. Now, uh, I know a lot of people still go with tank, and a lot of old-time plumbers who build homes, uh, I don't know that much about tankless, so I'm, I'm going to stick with the the tank, then get a new plumber. Because if he ain't smart enough to stay up with the times, he needs to get out of the business. I mean, that's just my opinion on any trade. you you got to keep up with what's going on in the trades tankless is the way to go it does save money especially uh you know if you've got a house where everybody gets up and goes to work or school or whatever so the water's not being used during the day it's not being used at night why do you want to keep that tank hot 24 hours a day you don't need to a tankless only comes on when the water's being used my personal preference is gas but my house is all electric and i have an uh uh an electric tankless water heater for it. So yes, it is definitely the way to take a look at going. Uh, But By the way, we did have somebody call who said, uh, remind you that when you do a tankless water heater, you got to make sure you got the right size wiring. That's the reason I recommended an electrician uh, do it because they'll make sure that you get the right size wires and right size breakers for what you're doing because a tankless water heater is going to require larger wires, and more 220 breakers than a tank-type water heater does. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas
0: Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.